Over the last decade, the internet has revolutionized travel. These days, it's hard to imagine planning a trip without getting online. Hi, I'm Rick Steves, and today on Travel with Rick Steves, we're joined by an expert in using the internet to plan and to book affordable travel. John Descala used to be afraid to fly, but then the travel bug bit. Now this globetrotter spends more time overseas than at home, and he's dubbed himself Johnny Jet. Coming up, he shares some of his favorite tips, such as deciding when to use a travel agent, flying business class for the price of coach, and finding better deals on hotel rooms than you'll get by booking direct. His advice might just surprise you. There's not one website out there that has the cheapest deal. So you want to go to all the big players. Sometimes you want to go to the airline's websites. You have to shop around. It's Johnny Jet's Internet Guide to Travel today on Travel with Rick Steves. Stay with us. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines. Their Advantage program can help you earn miles toward your next vacation. Details are at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. More and more these days, if you're not online, you hardly exist when it comes to booking travel. For a lot of companies, it's like we're not even worth a stamp. you got to pay extra fees and stand in a long line if you want to talk to a person, and they're pushing us all into the Internet. Boy, you just got to get with it when it comes to the Internet. I've seen that in my travels. So uh, we're joined today by a guy named John Descala. Actually, his web name is Johnny Jet, and he runs a website called Johnny Jet, and he's all about traveling and using the Internet. Johnny wrote a book about travelers taking advantage of the Internet. He's got a, a busy website that connects you with all sorts of web services and so on. And today, we're going to learn about traveling with the help of the Internet. Johnny, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to call you Johnny Jet. That's such a good traveler's <laughs> name. Tell me, what is, what's your website all about? It's all about helping people. Actually, that's how I started. When I began back in the 90s, I was afraid to fly. You couldn't get me on an airplane. And the web was just brand new. And I got over my fear of flying. I got addicted to it, got addicted to my miles. And I dated a girl in college who basically lived a high life. And my first international trip was with her to Hong Kong. And we went business class. I found a consolidator, which is basically a travel agent that sells bulk tickets. So my ticket was the same price as a regular coach ticket. And my gosh, business class on international airlines, nicer than my apartment. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I need to keep that lifestyle up. So I started learning all these tips, reading books, asking all the experts, all the business travelers, because I'd sit in these long lines at the airport and watch these people just cruise up, sit in first class, have a nice meal while I'm in the back of the bus in the middle seat. And it's like, there's got to be something better. So you actually, I mean, everybody couldn't do that. You're kind of scamming the system. You're no, te- you're teaching you, everyone can to... do it if, if they pay attention. Everybody could do it, then there'd only be business class. Well, but not, <laughs> not everyone's going to do it. Right. My big thing is trying to get an aisle seat in coach. Right. I dread being in a middle seat. How does that work? Who ends up with the middle seats? I, you know, I, it, I don't it, know. I never sit in the middle seat, but, but a lot of people do. I mean, are these just the losers? No, it's people who don't care and they don't even think about it. Okay. My sister... Even does it sometimes. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's like, I got the middle seat. I go, did you not go log on the night before and pick your seat? Okay, so what is the remedy for this? If you want to get an aisle seat, what do you do? The best thing to do is try and become a a frequent flyer on a certain airline. And stick to one airline because if you get elite status, which is only 25,000 miles a year, you can get the exit row for free. And you're guaranteed to have an aisle. So there's two classes of travelers, those who play the frequent flyer mile game with an airline and those who don't. Correct. And if you play it, you'll have better luck. But if you don't play it, you at least got to log on early to the website or right when you book your ticket, try and secure an aisle seat. Now, when I go to Omaha from Seattle, mm-hmm. I want to go through Denver on United. I mean, I think that's just the convenient way. Now, if I wasn't doing the frequent flyer game, you'd have me going through Nashville to get extra miles so I could sit business class. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, me, that and that's, wor- that's worth it to people. Is that worth it to people? Not to me. Okay. I mean, these days, <laughs> I, I, used, I used to have the mentality where that if I didn't get business class, I wouldn't want to go on a trip. Right. And now I'm not like that anymore. I just did Australia, Hong Kong economy. Right. I have no problem sitting economy. A lot of it's mental. I was in Thailand once about three days before Christmas, and a guy was in front of me, and for some reason, they didn't have a place in business class for him. And he just went ballistic, and he just was upset, and he said... You call me when you've got a business class seat to take me home. He missed Christmas at home because he wouldn't fly coach. That's fear. You know what? That's fear. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I I mean, I used to have that. That's why I know it. Because I used to be afraid to fly. And so one of the ways was sitting in business class. Right. Now, for me, my business class is noise reduction headphones. (laughs) I could sit 
anywhere. I could sit in the worst seat in the airplane if I got my noise reduction headphones and a battery on my laptop. Yeah. I can do it. You know what? I don't take the headphones. I have them. Yeah. It's just too much to carry. I, I never check bags. It's interesting because I'm so fanatic about packing light. And there's this noisy rumble on the airplane that I find quite exhausting. And it's just so peaceful when you can get rid of that with these noise reduction headphones. It's true. I wish they had, you know, like little earbuds. I bet in the future they'll have them for everybody on the plane, you know. That would be a good little service to provide. Well, a lot of times in business class, they do have the noise reduction. Do they? Yeah. Now, you travel how many days a year? I'm gone at least 275. You're gone more than your home. Yeah. Now, what are some of the little um, fun innovations that are happening in airplanes these days? Can you plug your laptop in on an airplane oh, these days? Oh, a lot of them. I mean, that's, that's not unusual. I just flew Virgin America up here, and they have electrical plugs. They have live TV. They have probably one of the best entertainment systems for domestically. And Delta has a really good entertainment system for transcons. Do you care what airline you fly? You know, I usually go for the miles, so I don't fly mm-hmm. like low fare carriers like Virgin America or JetBlue or Southwest as much as I... Because you wouldn't get miles. Because I don't get miles. Now you said you're addicted to miles. What's so fun about miles other than upgrades? Let's say I fly at least 25,000 miles on each airline. I try to do that on Delta, American, and United. Oh, that's the threshold. Yes, 25,000. That gets you in there. Yeah. What? So if you're, if you're a 25,000 mile traveler and a 200,000 mile traveler, essentially your advantages are similar? Uh, well, they go. The 25,000 is the low point, then it's 50, then it's 100 usually. But at 25,000 miles, you get basically the same. The big things for me is you don't have to wait in line. That's the security. Yeah. There's no line at check-in. And sometimes when you go into these airports, the check-in is around the corner. When you're in, in a favored status with frequent flight, you just go straight to the business class line then. Yeah. And usually there's like one person in there. You don't wait and you have a s- separate security line. And on Delta, they give you free upgrades and so does Continental. By the way, I'm talking with Johnny Jet. He runs a website called johnnyjet.com. And Johnny just gets out there, travels a couple hundred days a year, and uh, knows what's going on in the airline business. Let's just talk about trends in airline travel, Johnny. Um, Carry-on bags. Where's that heading? Do they like us to carry on? Sometimes it seems they want us to carry on. Sometimes it seems they don't. Well, these days I think they don't because they're making money when you check them. Yeah. You know, American came out. They're charging $25 for the first bag. Really? Uh, actually, it's 15 and then 25 for the second. Right. I mean, they're always changing their, their now, People uh, are really reacting to this. They'll pay $300 on a flight, and they may even pay more for one airline or the other and be happy because they don't have to pay 15 bucks for their bag. You know what? It's tough because I can see where the airlines are going. They need to make money, but they shouldn't be nickel and diming passengers. They should build it into the fare. But so. then the other travelers like me who don't – I never check bags. I'm like, why should I have to pay this high fare when I, I should get it right. for free? Uh, you should get a bonus because if you just think of how much it costs to fly 10 pounds of luggage, that's yeah. a lot of money. Air Canada actually does it right on their web. How's that? Because when you book your ticket, then they ask you all these questions like, are you checking bags? If you say no – you get $3 minus the price. Is that right? Or if you're checking bags, or if you don't want frequent flyer miles, they'll reduce the cost. Has any airline that, in your experience figured out how to get people to get on the plane before they stand in the aisle and stop 100 people behind them? It's the airlines, usually like EasyJet or Ryanair in Europe, where the, you really can't take carry-on with you. Okay, but the, 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 fact, so much is, quicker. the fact is everybody's going to max out on their carry-ons. And the fact is if everybody just boarded the plane and had their junk on their laps and then they said, okay, Stow your gear. <laughs> You'd get out of there half an hour quicker. I flew German Wings a few uh, weeks ago, yeah. and I was amazed at how fast we boarded. Is that right? Yeah. What do you think the trick was? Just because people weren't carrying bags. People weren't carrying bags. Yeah. 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 It's just it's just a fiasco, and it's so boring, and, and it's just a, it's an expensive mess for the airlines but, if they could just figure that out. I know. But the problem is when you carry a bag or when you check a bag, you might not get it. Yeah, right. Well, that's why I carry on my bags also. That's really important. What is the news for having wireless connectivity and up in the air and cell phones and so on? What's happening? American now? just came out with their, they're doing it in transcons. So LA, New York, San Francisco, New York, and New York, Miami, they're offering it. It's called AirCell and it's twelve ninety five a flight. And you could actually have your you wireless on, on your laptop. Yep. You can log on. You can't log on to VoIP, like voice right, over right. internet protocol. But you can just do your internet work. You can. With your own laptop. And it only started recently. So it's not a safety thing. They'll sell it. Oh, they'll sell it. They say for your safety, we've got to turn off all your your gear. What is the deal with that? You know, I've sat next to pilots where they had the phone on the whole time. They're looking at their phone for the time. I'm like, you know, you're supposed to have the phone off. They're like, that's such... It doesn't add up. Yeah. So it's really not a safety thing that we turn off all of our electronic gear, but as far as you know. I still turn mine off. Oh, sure. You got to turn Because you it never off. know. And same thing with like, emer- if you're in an emergency room, usually yeah. you have to turn it off. But some hospitals you don't have to. So it, it, I don't know. Well, it's like security. I'm traveling all over. And in, in some places you have to take off your shoes. In other places you take off your belt. In other places you turn on your computer. In other places they don't care about your computer. Right. 
You know, it bothers me when you can't have your phone when you land in customs and your customs line in the U.S. Yeah. I, I mean, they say it's for security, but... It's a security thing. They're paranoid in the, in the customs when you come home. And the lines are so long and people need to tell their friends or their loved ones where they are. That's right. Well, the first thing they say in Europe now is you're welcome to use your phones. I guess they say that too, don't they, here when you land? In the... They don't. They don't. Okay. So, Johnny, you eventually you think in the future you'll be having more wireless connectivity, more use of cell phones. Uh, you can charge your batteries. This, these things are changing. Uh, in-flight entertainment, how's that changing? Same thing. I mean, people, they want to be entertained. So, yeah. That's compa- live TV, movies. Very competitive. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I, airline do you like best for entertainment? Uh, Virgin America, Delta, and JetBlue. Why? Because they have live TV. Live TV? Yep. Wow. Now, you just flew, we're talking about little things, you know, plugging in your laptop. You just flew the biggest thing in the sky, the A380. Tell me about that. That was amazing. Um, It's huge. Downstairs is 369 seats of all economy. I mean, this was on Emirates. 369 seats, downstairs economy. I mean, a a 747 is a little tiny upstairs. This is two full decks. But this was downstairs. It's 88 rows of economy. Wow. And then upstairs, this is Emirates. Again, every airline is different. Right. Upstairs was, I think, 79 seats of business class. Well, that can be uh, configured any way the airline wants Any way they want. It could be all cattle car or it could be um, all beds. They could have 800 seats if they wanted of the economy. It's the biggest airplane in the world. Correct. Produced in Europe, Airbus, right? Yep. The wings are 50 feet longer than a 747. This needs a longer runway and a bigger docking system. It sure does. Tell me about that. I think only 14 airports in the world right now. I'm not exact on that number, but not every airport can have this thing land. So it is an issue. Do you think it's going to be successful? Yeah. I mean, so far, Emirates bought 58 of them. Emirates bought 58 of the A380. Yeah. I just saw it on, it's on your website, isn't yeah. it? I looked at that yeah. little, I have a little video a slideshow of it. about it and stuff. It's, and, it's amazing. But, and they have, they have two showers up there. Two showers. For first class So passengers. you flew from where to where? I just did a, like a two hour quick oh, trip. Oh, they did a little around the. They just gave me a tour. Where was that from? But it's usually to Dubai. I did LA to LA. So you just, <laughs> they actually can land it at LAX. Oh yeah. Where has an A380 landed in the United States as far as you know? LA, San Francisco, New York. That's it. So far. So you just went out. You just took it a spin around the block. Yeah, that's all I did. And he I didn't a- get to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking with Johnny Jett, and we're talking about air travel, internet travel, how to be a smart consumer and enjoy the world. Internet cowboy, where are you now? Riding your mouse to Saigon or Macau. Finding those bargains on Yahoo or eBay. Flicking on cookies, flicking pop-ups away. Johnny Jett's our guest today, sharing with us his passion for travel and his best tips for using the Internet to make travel more affordable and more comfortable. We've got a link to Johnny's website and to those he mentions on today's program in the radio section at ricksteves.com. Coming up, We'll take your calls and emails about getting online to find the best travel deals. We're at 877-333-RICK and radio at ricksteves.com. That's the email address. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines. New vacation options in Latin America, plus getaways in the U.S., Europe, and the Caribbean are at aavacations.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Johnny Jett, who runs a website called johnnyjett.com. 
And Johnny takes a lot of time just getting out there and eating airplane food and dealing with checking in and standing in lines and grumbling at customs. And <laughs> What's your biggest frustration when you fly? Um, probably waiting in line. What do you do to wait in line? I talk on my cell phone, except, yeah, except when I'm in customs. I just meditate on why is this line here? If it's yeah. a security line, it's a nice thing to meditate about because you look around and it's a very, very sort of global thing. Or I have my beautiful iPod. I just If I listen to music, it puts me in a good mood and it kind of makes a different soundtrack. You can see all this human drama around you, loved ones saying goodbye and people right. having an adventure that's kicking off or just, and then you got this music track to be mellow during those lines. Without a doubt. And I mean, everyone has to realize that the best thing you can do is be nice to everybody, especially the flight attendants, especially the gate agents, because yeah. they can make or break your trip. Oh, yeah. And the security people. It's, you know, it's not Everybody. their law. They yeah. have to enforce this law. You may think the security is a sham or you may think it's inefficient, but uh, you're not going to accomplish anything no. by getting you're, 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 I've seen so many people just take out their problems and you know what? <laughs> they're, they're sitting in the middle seat in the back. Yeah, I bet, I bet they get it that way. Hey, uh, Johnny, when you're planning a trip, what is your take on using guidebooks for information or using the internet for information? Well, for planning a trip, I will log on to the internet. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have a whole slew of categories on Johnny Jet with every single guidebook website, including yours. Mm -hmm. So I'll just peruse that. But when I'm actually going on a trip, I will buy the guidebook and put it in my carry-on, and I'll read it on the plane because I like to learn about the country before I get there, at least the history, the background, and how to get to the city center. So you're going to Iceland, let's say, and you don't know anything about Iceland, and, and you're going to rely on the Internet. What sort of things would you look at to prepare and plan your trip? I would probably log on to Farmers or Lonely Planet. Because they put a lot of their guidebooks up on site, right? They put their whole guidebook on there. So you could read those things. You is, could. Is it free? It's free, but yeah. they still sell the same amount of books because no one's going to print them out. You know, my publisher has gone around and around on that too, and uh, I, I can't imagine anybody who thinks they're going to lose sales by putting their book online. If anything, you're going to gain sales, I right. think. Yeah. So you just basically you're just reading guidebooks online. Uh, what kind of um, services do you go to that just have feedback from other travelers? Like TripAdvisor? Yeah. Um, but the thing with TripAdvisor and any of these social networks, you have to take it for a grain of salt. Why? Because you got to realize that the marketing people from the hotel are writing reviews, and you have to realize that disgruntled workers are also writing reviews. So there's two, there's two extremes. you got people who are paid to pepper those things with nice things, yep. and you got people who really have an ax to grind. they got one little bump in their road, and, and most of those people I find I don't know. I think a lot of those people deserve what they got, actually. They could have been people that solved problems instead of complained about problems. Mm, and sure. Not to say that some people don't have a good gripe, but a lot of people, they just get some angry feeling about a certain company, and they're going to do whatever yeah. they can to badmouth them on the Internet. They will. So what you do is you throw out the best one, and you throw out the worst one. Yeah. And usually go for the middle. Yeah. I get a lot of good information. I was in Rio recently, and I read this review, and it said two people said their laptops got stolen, and that's my biggest fear. So yeah. I went out and bought a laptop lock, uh -huh. a bag lock, and I just made sure my thing was so safe. TripAdvisor is the famous one for feedback from people. Correct. What are other players? In uh, that, Hotel in Chatter. Hotel Chatter. Yeah. Right. Dot com. Any um, others? Do you find TripAdvisor is the most popular? And it's most definitely helpful? the most popular. Because I'm amazed at the impact TripAdvisor has on hotels and restaurants in Europe. They're terrorized by TripAdvisor. Are they? They print it out. They're just saying, oh, they're saying about this, about us on TripAdvisor, you know. These guys in the travel business really pay attention to that. They pay more attention to my little graffiti wall on my website, which is sort of a little in-house yeah. trip advisor, than I do. I don't yeah. even read these things. And my It's just right. like piles well, of information, but they check it every day. And if there's somebody that says something bad, they send me an email trying to make their case. I know. Every guidebook has a little wall. Yeah. Yours is perfect. Um, Lonely Planet. Virtualtourist.com has a whole community. I mean, there's... a a ton of these websites out there. Travelers love to chat. They do. The ones that work are where they put the bio of the author. So whoever the author is, yeah. they put the bio down. That way, that way you can find out what other threads this guy wrote. And I think a lot of Amazon-type feedback engines do that now. You're supposed to say who's it from, I, I believe, just to validate it. You do. You should. Do you think there are some companies that actually hire people to write good things about them? Without a doubt, there is. There is. Do you know that? For sure. Wow. I, I, I've met PR people. That's what my biggest fear about people using the internet to plan their trip is they don't know what's an ad and what's a con yeah. and what's a person with a hangup. A lot of times you can tell in the writing. If it's, yeah, if it's too good. Yeah, I can because I get a lot of letters. I mean, if I get all of a sudden 14 letters about a cute little bed and breakfast in Salzburg, this is some campaign that's orchestrated. And I know sure. I, I've known people that give people a free breakfast if they'll just write me an email. Yeah, hotels actually gave them free stays. <laughs> I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Johnny Jett from johnnyjett.com. 
Hey, we've got Rich on the line in Sheldon, Illinois. Rich, thanks for your call. Thank you so much, Rick. I really appreciate your show. And my question is, I last spring I went to Liverpool. I used your book. I used everything on the Internet, uh, car, plane, hotel. Had a great time. Does your guest have any bad experiences that I could maybe, if I want to do this again, I could uh, not experience those bad experiences? As far as relying on the Internet to yes. book, to book yes. things? Yes. Well, that's one of the major pitfalls. That's a good yeah. idea. Which websites did you book on? I, actually, I went to the actual hotel's website. I actually went to the airlines and the, and the car rental, and uh, I think they got a pretty good deal. It, it was a, to me, it was very affordable. Yeah, I mean, you want first of all, you want to use reputable websites. So if the deal sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Any website that you don't know or if it didn't come from like a, a household website, like we only put uh, reputable websites on our website, Johnny Jet, and I'm sure the same thing goes with Rick Steves. So you want to go to sites like that. You just don't want to get an email, a spam email, and, and click it and say, oh, my God, look at this deal and book it because you're most likely going to get taken hmm. for a ride. That's good advice right there. Hey, Johnny, are you concerned about putting your credit card on a website? I'm not. Usually you want to look and see if it has a secure, which is HTTPS. So when it has the S in there, that means it's a secure website. Is that right? On the web address, it says HTTPS. Yeah, where the credit card information goes oh, So in. you can just look up on that little box up there. Yeah, right on Oh, the, that's right good on, to know. Yeah. Huh. You know, all of my hotel friends in Europe, I'm trying to get them to drop their fax numbers because it just mucks up my book with a lot of extra numbers. And the only reason they keep fax numbers is because a lot of people are nervous about putting their credit card on their website. Yeah. So they fax their credit card numbers. You know, the good thing about paying my credit card is if you do get taken, you can get your money back. Yeah. So I'm not worried at all. So people should be comfortable these days if it's a secure site. Is that a reasonable expectation if you're a consumer for the company to have an S on their yeah, HTTP? Yeah, it, it costs them like $35 extra to do that. So something. that's good. Now, I'm also interested in the scam of, not the scam, just the business practice of booking services on the Internet. You know, you make money when they click through from you to the other sites. Yep. That's how you earn your living. Hotels in Europe have to play the game with these booking services because people are booking hotels through the web. Uh, booking service charges 15% or something. Generally, the hotel needs to pad the price to take that hit or charge people, you know, it's just like you're paying for an extra middleman when you do this. Actually, not necessarily. How does that work? It, Tell me how that not, works. Usually the supplier, the hotel or the airline, will take part of their commission and give it to a provider like me. So if you're booking, okay. if you're booking a ticket through Johnny Jet, yeah. You're not paying any more. You're paying the right. same same exact price as you would. But no, I'm not talking about your cut because th I think your cut must be much smaller than that. I'm it talking is. about the, the hotel booking service. I don't know the names of these places, but hotels in Europe, most of their bookings these days come from the Internet. Therefore, most of their bookings, they need to Like gross. Expedia? Yeah, Expedia. Like, Expedia is one thing. of the big bookers. For and I don't know. They must Europe. take 15% from the hotels. I've had people tell me, you can find the best price on a site like Expedia and assume the hotel's going to net out maybe 90% of that price and contact the hotel directly and offer them that, that net That's price. what I was going to suggest. Does that work? You can, yeah. I mean, when I book hotels, I will look at all the search engines, and you have to shop around. There's not one website out right. there that has the cheapest deal. Right. That's why I created the search engine where you just put in your dates, your city, and they just explode to every single website, Expedia, Travelocity, Orbitz, you name them. Huh. And you have to find out which one has the cheapest deal at that time yeah. because two minutes later – the other one could have a better deal. And they don't really care when it gets right down to where the rubber hits the road at the reception is how much you're paying for your, your room. I mean, if you were smart enough to find that odd site that still had the good deal, you're going to pay 30 euros less than the next person. For sure. You know what? I use Priceline for hotels and cars. I find that to be the best deal. Priceline for hotels and cars. But okay. before you log on to Priceline, you have to log on to this website, biddingfortravel.com. Why before? Because it's a chat room or message boards and has every place listed. So for Seattle... I, I was looking for a car rental. I logged onto the car rental websites, and they were eighty-four dollars a day. I was right. like, "That's crazy!" So I yeah. logged on the bidding for travel, looked under rental cars, and I saw that people were bidding for twenty dollars on Priceline, and they were accepted. And they showed the dates, which dates they were accepted at the same time as mine. So I did a I did a Priceline uh, bid for twenty dollars, and it was accepted. So, so you got a car for twenty dollars a day in Seattle. Had you been a more docile consumer, you would have just gone to the car rental website and paid eighty dollars. Yeah, but I also asked for a compact car. Right. Cheapest one. So right. I get to the airport here, and they're like, you know what? We don't have any compacts. Do you mind if we give you an SUV? <laughs> so 
hurts. And like, actually, I really don't because twenty dollars a day. Then yeah. so the price is the same. Rich, are you getting any ideas there? Yes, I am, sir. Thank, thanks so much. This I, is. Uh, I'm going to maybe Italy next spring. I this was kind of make sure maybe I could uh, go to the internet to. Uh, well, to with the date, with the way the dollar is going, I'm impressed by the deals that are out there. I was just in Brussels two weeks ago trying to figure out how these chain hotels, how to get their best deals. And uh, it was an Ebus hotel. If I went to the desk, it was 89 euros for a double, which is not a bad price for a big business class hotel in Brussels. Then I went to the tourist office. I asked them, what hotels do you have on the push list? And they had one at the same hotel, the Ibis, for 49 euros instead of 89. I went then over to the Ibis hotel and I said, look, I said, "What's what's your cheapest price for room today? They said 89. And I said, well, six blocks over there, I can go to the tourist office and pay them 49 and get the same room. Can't you honor that price here? And they said, no. So they, they even know that there's all sorts of different prices out there. You cannot go to the desk and insist on the lowest price. So that was a lot of extra money. That would have paid for dinner right for there. For sure. I know? rarely go up to the hotel and buy it. I'm learning that. My, my gut feeling as a consumer advocate travel writer is go direct. Talk to the mom and yeah. pop and you'll get the best deal. But they're committed to these push list prices elsewhere, and they don't sit down every night and say, where did this money come from? They just know that'll shake the tree a different way, I guess. Yep. There's actually a great website when you go to Australia for last-minute hotels, wotif.com, W-O-T-I-F. And you have to book 14 days in advance. But when I go to Australia, sometimes I show up and I don't have a room, and I call the hotels. They're like, you know, $300 a night. Right, like, yeah. are you crazy? I log on to this website, and I can get them for at the $99. Same, at the same, same night. hotel. Last night. Yeah. By the way, we're going to put all of these websites that Johnny is listing on our website. As we do, we support all of our radio interviews at ricksteves.com in the radio section with the specifics that we talk about in our interviews. I'm talking with Johnny Jett. And uh, Rich, when you go on your trip to Italy, I hope that you have uh, some good luck. Thank you so much. Uh, it, it, yes, thank uh, you so much. All right, happy travels. we got Taryn on the line in Coburg, Oregon. Hi, Taryn. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for your call. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I had a question about consolidator internet sites for airfare. I do quite a bit of traveling, and I consider myself really good at finding great deals on airfare. And I went to a consolidator site and found a great flight to London, ended up saving probably $600 off the lowest fare from the normal places like Kayak and Expedia and all those and bought the tickets, had a great flight, had excellent customer service from this consolidator site. And, you know, later I just thought it seemed too good to be true. And I've gone and I've read reviews of other consolidator sites, and I've read a lot of horror stories about, you know, people having trouble with their tickets and not getting what they paid for. And I'm just wondering, was my experience out of the norm or unique, or is this something that people really can do and and save a lot of money on? First of all, what airline was this? Um, it was through Delta, but and I, the consolidator site was called aatravel.com, I think. And how much did you save over what you could have found on the uh, search engines for? It was about five or six hundred dollars off of the normal bucks. lowest. Yeah. So I, I would be like you. I'd say, well, what's going on here, Johnny? I was shocked. <laughs> well, you know, a consolidator is like a barber. Once you find a good one, you're going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would I would continue using AA Travel if that's who it was, mm-hmm. um, but for other people. I have my own consolidators that I, that I use. Okay. And so if the deal is too good to be true, it usually is. A lot of times you can find the consolidators in the back of the um, Sunday paper, mm-hmm. especially the uh, London travel section, which I think is on Saturday, actually. Yeah, that's been a long good tip is to look in the London classifieds because yep. that's where you've got consolidators advertising. I think we should define what consolidator is again. It's like there's a two universes of tickets available for this one airline. And they, at the very beginning of their year, I understand, they'll say, well, we just want to make sure that this much percent of our seats are a slam dunk. So they put them out in consolidator. And then they've got the remainder that they play with in this perfect price discrimination way, where they'll charge more or less depending on what they need to do. Do I get it right there? Yeah, pretty much. So consequently, these consolidator tickets are living in a price world that's completely divorced from the regular ticketing world. All the engines and everything is looking at the regular tickets. The consolidator seats were taken out of the game, and they may be uh, not so exciting or really exciting, depending on what happens with that parallel world of seats. Right. They pay the airline far in advance for and a certain amount them. of money, and, and, the and, and they can sell them it. for whatever they want them for. Now, we got to remember, I, I think I remember you don't get frequent flyers with consolidator tickets. You don't get any frequent flyers. I, I sometimes did. you do. Sometimes you do. I did. You yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. Historically, you have what about refund or flexibility? Is it, you, you have to read the fine print. It all okay. depends. What yeah. I can say about this one that really impressed me was well, I booked the ticket pretty far in advance, and, of course, schedules change and the flights change. And it went from 
a convenient layover to a pretty long layover. And they called me up out of the blue one day and said, hey, we noticed that you have a really long layover. Would you like to reschedule your flight free of charge to, to not have to have such a long layover? That's good service. That's a nice consolidator. I just think, yeah. I guess one lesson is, if the deal seems too good to be true and it's a consolidator, there's a good chance it is true. Okay, yeah, and I couldn't find any reviews online about this company, so it was a real gamble, that, but that was. I was happy, but I've been hesitant to do it again. Now, travel agents, that's a source of consolidator tickets, right? A travel agent can compete with Internet deals that way? Well, some travel agents even use the Internet. <laughs> to get their... Yeah, they're basically yeah. just... They're, they're bo- just playing the Internet for you. Yeah. And then they give you their service. You're hiring them. You're hiring their service. What's the latest thing on what travel agents charge you? Do they charge you a service fee or a commission? They usually charge you a service fee. So, so it could be $25, it could be $40. It all depends. All right. Thanks very much, Taryn, for your call. Thank you. I'm Rick Steves. Uh, this is Travel with Rick Steves, and today we're traveling... On the Internet, we're traveling smart. We're making sure that the person next to us on the airplane is not flying for half what we're flying. And we're talking with Johnny Jett, who runs a website called johnnyjett.com. we got John in Painesville, Ohio, and he, he emails us. He's a first-time flyer. He says he's considering a trip to Italy in another year or two. He writes, I think we're going to Italy. I've never flown before, and my desire to see the sights of Europe outweighs my fear. What can I do to prepare and relax during the flight? So he's going to fly from Ohio to Europe. And uh, if you've never flown before, yeah. that might be kind of uh, well, scary. What's the I was afraid to fly for a long time. You could not get me on a plane. The way I got over my fear was to realize, first of all, it's safer to fly than it is to drive. Yeah. Statistically. I mean, like 50,000 to one. Yeah. Actually make it 5 million to one. Sorry. In, it's in, safer. You're safer. Yeah. I mean, there's people who drive because they don't want to fly. And I mean, that is like crazy. It is crazy. Actually, I just recently landed on British Airways, and the pilot got on and said, your safest part of your journey is now over. Yeah. Be careful driving home. <laughs> I love that. You got to take your mind off of it. So my big thing was um, being worried. So I would uh, listen to music, get an iPod loaded with your favorite music, bring magazines or newspapers that you're dying to read, that you haven't had time to do it. It's a beautiful thing to have eight hours of time to do stuff like that. I, I, love, I love it. I get it, yeah. so much work done on the plane. That's why I love airplanes that have electrical outlets. And you had so much fun flying, you changed your name. I did. Johnny Jet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I used to be Johnny Carr. <laughs> Johnny Carr. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just think of air as water because I'm comfortable on a boat because I can conceptualize how that works. And uh, an airplane's cruising through the air, with, which has mass. Correct. And has one more dimension, it can go up and down. An yep. uh, airline pilot told me that once. And another thing he said, when an airplane lands, he still has not released the plane to the earth. He's still flying it, even though it's rolling. And then finally, when he's comfortable, he can release that control. And then I, I just kind of rationalized that, hey, they, they fly the, all these important people every day all over oh. the world. And flight attendants spend their whole life in the air safely. Yep. And, and their spouses are not worried sick about their safe return. And one person goes flying for their first time. It's really sad when you see somebody who's afraid to fly, and there's ways to ways it to is. get around that. And I, I just think it's great that they can get over there and get over their fears. Eight seven seven three 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 Rick. That's our phone number. And radio at ricksteves.com is our email address. Today, we update our travel smarts with Johnny Jett on Travel with Rick Steves. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. Indian Airlines announces the departure of their flight IC408 to Calcutta. Passengers are requested to proceed to the aircraft. Kasia, can you teach a tongue twister in Polish? With pleasure. Yes. Are you ready? Szczebrzeszynie, chrząż brzmi w trzcinie, a szczebrzeszyn z tego słonie, że tam sobie chrząż brzmi w trzcinie. What did you say in English, Kasia? I mean, in English it goes, it's quite a ridiculous line. Uh, there is a cricket playing its songs in the town of Szczebrzeszyn, and he's having a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> say it again, Kasia. Szczebrzeszynie chrząszcz brzmi w trzcinie, a szczebrzeszyn z tego słynie, że sobie tam chrząszcz brzmi w trzcinie. Dziękuję. Dziękuję bardzo. Thank you very much. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm speaking with Johnny Jett. And Johnny Jett runs a website called, I bet you can guess, johnnyjett.com. Is that what it is? It sure is. Look at that. How do you make your money? 
Uh, I make money from advertising. So people put their ads on your site. Yeah, and when people book trips, uh, sometimes I get a little kickback. Yeah, so th- and that's just how it works these days. I've I've put a mobile phone company on one of my newspaper articles, get it a hot link, and all of a sudden I'm getting a check from these guys. Yeah, same, uh, same thing. Do you ever get money from a company that uh, you think is sleazy and you'd rather not have their money? No. <laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't take it. Wouldn't I, take I, it. I, I wouldn't put a sleazy company on my website. Because I had it. I mean, I was getting money from a sleazy company. I told them, stop this. And they said, well, you're getting money. And I said, well, I know it, but my people are paying too much for their cell phones. Oh, yeah, I, w- I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, That's good. You, yeah. you don't want to promote that stuff. You want to keep your integrity. Well, that'll keep people coming to your site. Yeah, and I have a weekly newsletter, and that's where bulk of it comes from. People How many sign people up? come to your site? Four million hits a month. Do you believe that? I know it. I'll show you the traffic. Reports. I mean, I hear all that. Stuff. Oh, I was sure about that. But... I, I can log on right now and show you the traffic. And when, when you say, mm-hmm. when you can say credibly, you got four million hits a month. Yeah. Then an advertiser goes, "Wow, I think I'll give Johnny Jet a little money to put my little banner ad on his." Site. Well, they're, they're going to know exactly how many people are hitting that banner. So ad. they can know without you telling them. They can track it. Yeah. It's all trackable. That's the beauty of the internet. Can you tell how sophisticated I am on the web? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it just still, it just still blows me away. Hey, here's something related to that, Johnny. Um, Travel agents, what's your take on when to use a travel agent for booking flights and uh, of what use is a travel agent in 2008 or 2009? I love travel agents, to tell you the truth. People are surprised to hear that. But I only use them on specific trips or I recommend them for specific trips. Let's say you're going on a honeymoon and you want to make sure everything is perfect and you don't want to do any of the planning. Because to plan a trip online takes time, a lot of time. That's a good point. You'll save money, but like first-time cruisers, they should go to a travel agent who specializes in cruising because they know exactly which ship is perfect for them. Or you could spend five hours sorting through it yourself, but and maybe, maybe you don't have time to do that. It's not that you don't have time. You're not going to have a great trip. Right. Also, when you do a multi-leg international trip, I always use a travel agent. Or if I'm going internationally and I'm trying to get a business class, yeah. I'm not going to pay a business class fare from online or from the airline website. I'm going to call up a consolidator. Yeah. And I can get the same deal for a coach ticket sometimes. You can get a consolidator price through a travel agent, is that what you're saying? Yeah. If I want to fly business class from L.A. to London, it's $9,000 online. Right. But I can call up a travel agent and get it for three. Now, why is that? Now, that's interesting because that's counterintuitive. We're saying you go direct or you get out there on the Internet and you're your own travel agent and you get the best deals possible. But then when it comes to this kind of flight, you're hamstringing yourself. Because these guys are consolidators. They're buying these okay, tickets so in that's bulk. The, they're, that's buying, they're buying in them bulk. Yeah, yeah, and that includes business travel. Correct. Okay. I'm glad you say that because I use a living, breathing travel agent for my European fares. And these days, I know a lot of my staff will get on uh, and do the Ryanair and all the discount air around in Europe, and it's incredibly cheap. It really is. But I'm a little more high-powered, and I want to go at 2 o'clock from Copenhagen to Vilnius, and I know that there's not too many departures that way, and right. I want a direct flight. And my travel agent, I don't have the time. If you don't have the time and you have the resources, I would use a travel agent. But let's say for low fare carriers in Europe, I use a website called whichbudget.com. Whichbudget.com. And that compares all the different... What are the big, big players now for discount airlines in Europe? Well, they have 120 airlines on there in 130 different countries. I use it just for Europe. But I was flying from Cannes to Rome and I logged on to like Air France and Alitalia. It was 750 for a one-way ticket. I was like, are you crazy? $7.50. No, no, $750. Well, on oh, I see France. What you mean, yeah. And then I put in a round-trip ticket, and even though I wasn't going to use the return, it yeah. was down to 300 And I was like, that's better. But then I logged on to which budget and found out there was an Italian carrier, Blue Panorama, yeah. for 79 euros for yeah. a one-way ticket. Yeah. And I found it on this website. My son was just over in Rome for a semester with all the students, and they fly to Dublin for St. Patrick's Day on a student's budget because mm-hmm. they just get out there like you do and take the discount airline, and they're there and back for 50 bucks or yeah. something and, like and that. And sometimes they sell them for one cent. You yeah. just have to pay the taxes and fees, and then they get you with baggage. And you got to know the pitfalls of these budget airlines because they'll really hit you if you for bring sure. extra yeah. bags the or bags, late, the, Or you the, might fly to an alternate, uh, alternate airport and spend $40 getting into town. Yeah. Although my son has used almost every alternate airport in Europe, it seems like now. And it's not an issue for him because he just assumes there's a public transit connection if you're there, aggressive there, that There way. usually is. Yeah. But you have to do the research. Yeah. But you don't want to book a ticket from the U.S. to London and jump on a budget carrier because most likely you're going to go out of a different airport. Let's say you land in uh, yeah. Heathrow. Yeah. You could be flying out of Stansted. They lose a forced yeah. overnight or something yeah. like that. What about buying an, a round-trip ticket and only using the first leg? Can that bite you? Yeah. You can How get can in trouble. Hurt you? How, How I mean, the, if the airline finds out, that's against airline policy. It's not against the law. It's against airline policy. Because if I call up and say, what's it cost to fly from London to Lisbon? They'll say $500. And they go, okay, what if I want to go round trip? 280 yeah. yeah, it's cheaper. Okay, so... So what you do is you don't put your frequent flyer number in. 
you don't put your frequent flyer number. Okay. Yeah, because if, the, if you put your frequent flyer number in, then you, they, they take away your miles, all your miles. You can give them my frequent flyer number. <laughs> <laughs> but if you only do it once, it's no big deal. But if you do it a bunch okay, of times. Okay, so you, you become a uh, blacklisted traveler if they see that. They can track it now. They I can mean, track it. So you, you might say, well, it's just my return, so they can invalidate the flight, but I'm already done with them, so no big deal. But then when you try to book them again, they might they might remember that? They will remember that. But, really? if, but if you do it again, I mean, you're going to do it two or three times yeah. probably for them okay. to even catch it. If you do it once, no problem. And there's also some scenarios when you would miss a leg of a flight and then it'll invalidate the rest of your flying on that ticket. Right? For sure. So if you decide to go you know, from point A to point C, but you get off at point B, yeah. your return ticket is not going to be there. So they know that scam. Uh, travel agents do this a lot, though. It's routine. The travel agents say, well, we'll book you around trip and... And then you go to the but check-in they can, they desk. Can, they know the tricks, and they, they yeah. won't put your freaking flyer number in there because that's one Is way that they're going to tell you. I mean, uh, got I'm it. sure there's more than one Rick Steves in the world, so they, they don't know exactly it's you. Okay. Well, that's nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> we have an email from Sally in Oregon, and she says, I use computers at Public Library for travel research and therefore don't make payments by Internet. What sites give you the best rates but allow phone payment? Well, first of all, apparently she's not online at home, so she uses computers at the Public Library, and... She says, therefore, she doesn't make payments by the Internet. Does that make any sense I mean, to you? you can still put your credit card info at the library. But you got to make sure that when you close out, you hit sign out or whatever. Make sure it's not oh, there. Oh, because the next person will get your credit card information when yeah, they log on. E- even when you log on to the Internet, your email at Internet Cafe. Yeah. If you're on Yahoo Mail, sign Gmail, out. AOL, you have to hit sign out. Right. Because the next person can get all your information. If you're comfortable putting your credit card up into the Internet from home, there's no reason. As long as you sign out, you can't do it from a hotel lobby. I mean, you can, but you, that's, that's a little bit more risky. You also have to make sure that no one's looking over your shoulder. Yeah, but it's kind of like those people that shred their addresses. I mean, you can be – there's different levels of caution. Yeah, I mean, every one of those websites are going to have a phone number that you can call. So just, okay. just, so just, hit, just, just hit contact us. They'll, ah. have a, they'll have a number you can call. Okay, so if that's your comfort zone, you find the phone number and you call them and they might say, this is after business hours, call us tomorrow, and then you start again. They should be 24 hours. 24 hours, yeah. But – Again, hopefully, you don't want to speak too loud. You don't want to give people your credit card information. That's true. Yeah. And, and when you are in an internet cafe, people can be looking over your shoulder and looking at your card. Okay, you've traveled 270 days a year. You've been doing this for years. You do everything almost online with your credit card. Yeah. Have you had any problem that's haunted you because of this? Never. Well, that's good <laughs> that's news. That's me knocking. All right. <laughs> uh, Vicky's on the phone in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Vicky. Thanks for your call. You're welcome. How are you doing today, Rick? Doing great. You got a comment or a question for Johnny Jet here? I do. What are your best recommendations as far as websites and getting airfare and best possible prices, especially dealing with international flights, since so many carriers are not familiar to most Americans? What are your recommendations on all of that? Again, you have to shop around. There's not one website out there that has the cheapest deal. So you want to go to Expedia, Travelocity, Orbitz, Mobisimo, Kayak, all the big players, and find out who has the cheapest deal, which airline. Sometimes you want to go to the airline's websites. You can conceivably get a better deal going straight to Ryanair than through these other guys? Yeah. A lot of airlines and, 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 don't don't play that game, right? I Southwest? Mean, you can't find Southwest uh, yeah. And Ryanair, I believe Ryanair. You Ryanair, just, same you way. You just got to go to Ryanair. That's the only way to get Correct. it. Correct. They don't want to pay a, a They save 10 or 15%. Correct. So, Vicky, you just got to shop around. But I think you made a good point. There are a lot of airlines that aren't even on the radar for Americans that if you go to these search engines, they know about them. And you may be flying, you know, Bergen Fjord Puddle Jumper Airline. You yeah. know, for fifty dollars around Scandinavia, it's true. You, you have to. You just have you have been to, on Bergen Fjord? No, I never even heard of it. Great airline. <laughs> and then, do you have any recommendations of airlines, especially international ones, that should be avoided for safety reasons, or is there a site that would give us that information when we're looking at carriers we're not familiar with? There are websites. I think it's called airsafe.com. Okay, we're not worried about any sort of uh, corporate support here right now. No. What, what do you think the most dangerous airline on the planet is? Oh, gosh. They say Garuda Airlines. Garuda. I wouldn't in, fly Garuda. In, in, in Indonesia, Indonesia. They say every year one of its airplanes drowns. Yeah. Again, the chances of it happening are very slim, yeah. but I would yeah, avoid Yeah, it's all relative, Garuda. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I flew Garuda once in Indonesia. I had just been on a bus overnight on, on Java, and I thought, man, I'll do anything not to be on the road in right. Indonesia. Oh, yeah. It was dangerous on the road, too. So Garuda is safe compared to driving, just like you made the point. 
I think you can make the point the most dangerous airline in the world is a car. Is a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the most dangerous airline in the world is safer than driving down on the road. Yeah. You'd see if you looked out the window. Yeah. I mean, I bet the statistics on the road, you could graph it. The danger goes up on the road I as know. well as the I, I was in Costa Rica and I had to fly from, like the Capos from San Jose. And they're like, okay, you could take yeah. the bus, but it's these windy roads, oh, no no guardrail. Yeah. I, I was flying over a, a little hill in Papua New Guinea, and I was looking over down on this ridge. It was like a jungle, and I could see the remains of an airplane that crashed. And, and I oh, thought, and this God. airplane's trying to climb over this hill. And I just thought, yeah, it's dangerous, but if I'm going to move my body anywhere on Papua New Guinea, it's not going to be as safe as back home. And, sure. and thank God I made it through there. Hey, Vicki, thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Happy travels. Thanks, you too. And we got Norman on the line in Ottawa, Ontario. Hi, Norman. Hi, how are you? Great, thanks for your call. Thank you for taking it. Yeah, what's on your mind? Well, you alluded to it a bit earlier. You know, I book a lot of my travel on the web, and how do you get around the issue of, uh, you know, false claims on uh, accommodation websites? How do you trust what you see on the web for reviews of various hotels and hostels and such without assuming that, you know, they're all good or they're all been planted? It's tough. I mean... You need a good education. <laughs> you, you really, you got to be a, a very skeptical, almost cynical person. And this is what I do for a living. I spend 60 days a year in Europe uh, just looking at hotels and restaurants, tracking down leads and feedback and Internet tips and people griping about it or raving about it because I want to get them in my book if they're any good. It amazes me when I run all over Rome looking up these places. I just think, what was that person thinking that liked this yeah. place? Or, well, they, they were the PR person. That's why. They were the PR person, yeah. Or maybe they just don't know what a good deal is. It's the first restaurant they went into Rome and they had spaghetti, you know? And wow, that was great. But it wasn't special. You don't know anything about these people. That's the problem. They yeah. might have never traveled before in their life. In defense of guidebooks, and I'm talking about not just my guidebooks, but any guidebooks, if you trust the person that is uh, doing the hard footwork over there, there's nothing like having your own researcher, your own agent going over there without an agenda except to assemble a list of hotels and restaurants that are going to make his readers happy and they've got the book, you know. So use the Internet. There's a lot of good stuff on the Internet, but remember that you don't know what's an ad and you don't know what's a come on. That's the big pitfall there. Yeah, true enough. Uh, one of the other questions I had, too, was booking airline tickets on the web. You know, you can always book through the airline website, but you find deals on other websites as well. Can you be assured that if you get a ticket through a third-party website that, you know, it's it's going to be honored by the airline? Yes, I mean, you can. The big thing to do, again, when I book a ticket online, I search all the websites. Um, we have two search engines on our site, and one is uh, powered by Booking Buddy, and one is powered by OneTime. And what you do is you put in your cities and dates, and it just shows you every different option. You click them, so Expedia, Travelocity, Orbitz, Mobissimo, Kayak, and they just show you exactly how much they're charging, so let's say Kayak has the cheapest price. It shows Delta, New York, LA for two thirty-eight. I will go right to Delta's website, and you'll save you'll save about six dollars or whatever the booking fee is from Expedia or Travelocity. Really? So you find out on the different flight search engines where the cheap flights are, and then you go to the airline site and Directly. book it, and they honor it. We were just saying they don't do that in the hotel business. No, but they will do it on the airlines. Really? Except you know, I find United. So being... United, I find does not honor. Sometimes but... United is way more. So you're functioning like a travel agent. That's one thing travel agents do, I think. Yeah, that's the beauty of uh, internet. So this is really the new way to consume air travel. For sure. Wow. Norman, does that make any sense oh, to you? Oh, yeah. Well, that, that helps a lot. You know, if you can scan more, I guess, you're looking for better deals. As long as you can be assured that, you know, when you walk up to the counter with your uh, email confirmations, you're going to be able to get on board the airplane. Well, once you make your booking... You always call the airline and find out if it went through, and then that's when you try and get your uh, seat assignment. This is very important to me because it reminds me of the old days when we had bucket shops. I used to go to Athens for my flight to India, and you'd, you'd go into this little hole in the wall, right. what they called a bucket shop for good reason, and you'd get this impossibly cheap flight, and you'd wonder, is it any good? Did I just give this guy $300 for a yeah. piece of paper? So this is the modern-day equivalent of that. You've got these internet, you know, those are flights on the push list that yep. this bucket shop is selling. Today you've got these different web deals. So you find a f ticket that might even seem too good to be true, 
you book it, and then to confirm it, you call the airline. You call them. You don't email them. No, no, no. You call them. You call them. Yeah. Can you do that? And then they, they have of an course. agent that and just... say, listen, because they're, they're going to give you a confirmation number on the internet. So then you call up, speak to the agent, and give them, perfect. ask them for the confirmation that's perfect, number. perfect then. And they'll say, yeah, this is legitimate. And then that's when you want to get your seat assignment. And at that point, you get your seat assignment. So it's kind of a, a twofer. You're calling them, and, and you may act like your main reason to call them is to get the seat assignment. But by getting the seat assignment, you've confirmed that you've got a legitimate ticket. For sure. And you know, there's a great website out there called gethuman.com. This is to bypass all the um, prompts that the airlines have. So, oh, I love it. So they, the, 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 they'll tell you exactly. What airline you call, and they'll say, okay, press one four times, and you'll get to a live agent. Or press the pound button. It all depends. This is good stuff. Norman, thanks for your call. Thanks very much, guys. All right. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and we're speaking with Johnny Jett. And he runs a website called johnnyjet.com. And I think Johnny's got a crusade to get us all hip with the Internet and being smarter consumers. And it's kind of like globalization. It's a big train. You can either get on it or get run over. I mean, if you're a consumer that wants to get the best deal, you better know what's out there on the Internet. For sure. And don't be scared of the Internet. It's not going to bite you. Is there a time of day or week or month that is best for getting out there and snapping up special deals that happen to just arrive on the Internet. You know, every expert says there's a different day or a different time. I look at every time and every day. But especially, I mean, after midnight, a lot of the seats are released. So if people put something on hold, you can call up after midnight or log on after midnight because if someone had it on hold, it will be released after midnight, usually local time. After midnight in that company's local time. And same thing with frequent flyer seats. So you want to call, usually they load the frequent flyer seats 330 <laughs> days in advance. So sometimes you just kind of logging on and, hot dog, I was right there and we've got this thing that just came available. If you see it, you got to get it. You have to jump <laughs> it. You can't ask your spouse, oh, should we do this? You just have to hop on it or try It'll and hold, be gone. Or hold come, it. Or hold it, yeah. American Airlines lets you hold them online, yeah. which I love. I love For 24 it. hours. Yeah, that's great. Johnny, this has been really fun. It's inspiring me, actually, to get awesome. going on more of this Internet booking. And it is comforting to know that you've traveled 200 days out of the year. You book almost everything on the Internet, and you pretty freely use your credit card, and it's, it I hasn't haunted you. I go to 20-something countries a year. If you look ahead 10 years down the road in travel, what sort of trend are you most excited about? Technology. Why? I just think it's going to be easier. You're not going to need to print out your boarding pass. I mean, right now, Air Canada, you can just show your cell phone. You can have your boarding card on your cell phone, and they scan it. I mean, it's going to be paperless. So, and, and I'm a big, you know, environmental enthusiast. So just sort of enjoy the ride. Go with this technology, and it can be a good friend in your travels. For sure. Johnny Jett, johnnyjett.com. Thanks very much, and happy travels. Thanks for having me. Travel with Rick Steves is produced at Europe Through the Back Door in Edmonds, Washington. Our website has more information and links about this and other programs of the series, including archived audio on demand. You'll find it in the radio section at ricksteves.com. The people who help bring you travel with Rick Steves include Sonia Grosset and Ashley Seitzma, with technical support from Jonathan Lee. Our theme music is composed by Jerry Frank. I'm the show's producer, Tim Tatton. Join us next week for more Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines, with 4,000 flights to 250 cities in 40 countries around the world every day. It's easy to book your next flight at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly.